Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. So not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Now, the Lord of hosts, Yahweh, Jehovah, Sabaoth, was actually a military term. It really spoke of uh, being God being the Lord of armies. And, uh, you know, God may take times to do things, but he's still the commander of all things in the, the universe. We worship a God that's confident enough to uh, allow us to make our own choices, but wise enough to remain large and in charge in the midst of them. This is what God is telling Zerubbabel to say to his mountain. This is the attitude he wanted Zerubbabel to have about his mountain. This is the attitude God wants you and I to have about our mountains. He says, who are you, O great mountain? And by the way, this this whole prophecy was about a building project. They started the project, but dangerous enemies uh, began to emerge and, and all types of things broke loose. Actually, they quit and, and they got discouraged and they stopped. But, but watch what God says. Who are you, O great mountain? He didn't say the mountain wasn't great. He didn't say they didn't have a problem. He didn't deny the problem. He just said, who are you? And basically, who are you compared to the God that I serve? But here's what I need you to know. When the anointing of God really, really comes on you, God won't permit you to look at things the way other people do. Now, David, he, he was uh, facing a giant, but what did he say? You know, who, who are you, you uncircumcised Philistines that, that would dare try to defy the army of the living God? Elijah was outnumbered on Carmel by the uh, uh, prophets of, of Baal. And what did he say? He told them, now actually he starts talking a little trash here. He said, shout louder for Baal is a God. Perhaps he's in, in deep thought. Literally, actually, he says, he, perhaps Baal is on the toilet. That's, that's actually what, what he said. But, you know, the, the, the translators don't want to put it that way. But, but Elijah has a spirit of about him and an attitude uh, about him. Perhaps he's busy or traveling. And what, he, what, what God was trying to show us that, that we don't have to show the type of respect that, that uh, the devil tries to make us show him. Um, we, we need to have an attitude when it comes to the devil and opposition and the rest in, in our lives. And, you know, not by might, not by power, but by the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit of God, when he's really on you, there's a certain attitude that emerges. There's a confidence that you can't quite explain. And the Holy Holy Spirit wants to be on you to do your job, to do your part, whatever your part is. The Holy Spirit is here with an unlimited amount of supply. And he's an unlimited source of oil uh, in, to illuminate our heart and strengthen our arms to accomplish the purposes of God. He says, who are you, O great mountain? So stop telling everyone about the size of your mountain and start telling your mountain about the size of your God. Who are you? Compared to my God, O great mountain, before Zerubbabel. Um, this is important. You shall, you shall. Now, you, you look all big and bad now, but this is the way it's going to end. You shall become a plane. You know, the Holy Spirit is sufficient. The Holy Spirit is more than enough for any and every situation. He will make things that are insurmountable to others become a stepping stone for you and I. So, so basically, uh, God 
said, 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 you know, to Zerubbabel, he's trying to infuse a little spirit into Zerubbabel. He's like, mama said, knock you out. Y- y'all remember that song? I- I'm going to knock you out. He's like, you need to get that attitude. And, and when you fight the good fight of faith, there needs to be a little attitude in you. And you need, you need to have an expectancy that you're going to get up on the other side. You're going to get through this. And this was the attitude that God was trying to infuse in his kings and also his priests. Before Zerubbabel, you shall become what? A plain. Now notice, he didn't say before Jesus. He didn't say before Moses. He didn't say before Apostle Peter or Apostle Paul. But he said before a captive ruler like Zerubbabel. Uh, Zerubbabel, he he was a captive. He he, he was uh, under the authority of a foreign government. But as, 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 as captive and perperhaps as broken as he might as as felt God was like you need to get the attitude mama's gonna knock you out you hear what I'm saying and we got to get the attitude that we're gonna win I recognize you're facing some things but part of your problem is right here you need to get that attitude I'm gonna get to the other side of this I'm gonna win this and it might come and stay you know what you, know, you remember remember the guy that was at, that was at the, the the pool and uh you know, he's like, well, I have no man to, to, to carry me. You know, when the angel stirs the water, you know what? I, I can't get there in time. Someone gets ahead of me and they get healed. But you need to have the attitude. And that's why Jesus said to him, he said, well, do you want to get well? Because if you really want to get the water, you know what? Maybe I have to, to get on my elbows and, 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 and move to the edge, you know, an inch a day. But I'll tell you something. I'm going to move by inch a day until I get there. You got to get the attitude that, you know what, if no one else in here wins, Christ in me, the hope of glory, greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I'm going to win because God has called me to this. God is in me now. God is on my side. Before Zerubbabel, this great mountain, this great opposition, all the big mouths, all the loud mouths, all the issues, all the political issues, all the, the shortage of resources. Before Zerubbabel, that big old mountain shall become a flat plain, easy to travel and easy to look across. And he shall bring forth the capstone or the final stone with shouts of grace, grace to it. And what he was saying is God will finish that which he begins. And it may come with, with, with challenges, but, but it will end with everyone coming to understand God's grace is sufficient. When I'm weak, he is strong. Yes, people may not get it for a season. Yes, folks may talk about you and criticize you uh, for a season. But if you handle that season, well, hear what I'm saying to you today. Please hear what I'm saying. It won't be long before they end up worshiping God alongside you, singing God's praises. Grace, grace, grace be to that mountain. Verse 8, moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, so this is another word. So he got the word, listen, not by might, nor by power, but by, by the, the spirit, Zerubbabel, that you're going to say grace, grace to that mountain, or it's going to be said. Moreover, the word of the Lord came to me saying, the hands of Zerubbabel will do it. You see, God will do it, but he does it through our hands. God doesn't typically, you know, he rained manna down from heaven on one occasion, but typically um, God uses what we have to work a miracle. Jesus had a multitude to feed. What did he do? He used a little boy's lunch. He used a few fish and, and some loaves, and he, and he took what was existing or what was given to him, and then he multiplied it. But he usually works with what we give him and what is in our, our hands here. 
the hands of the of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this temple. Watch this. And his hands shall also finish it. And guess what? The temple was finished in 516 BC. This is history. This is uh, a fact. So, you know, he who started a good work and you shall complete it. He's the alpha and omega. He gets it done. He is a finisher because that's who God is. Then you will know once this thing's done that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you. Now, what he's saying here is in a minute, people won't have to believe what God said to us because they will see what God has said to us. Now, it's easy to believe after it's done, but it's still a, a starting point for, for, for some. But, you know, it's people like, like, like Ray Charles, who, although he was, he was blind and not able to see, but he's like, you know what, I, I can hear and I can sing. I can play. You know, people like, like Beethoven, although he was, 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 was deaf, deafness couldn't stop his memory of sound and death could not stop his imagination. It's, it's like that, that Frenchman that, that has uh, recently uh, s- swam the uh, 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 English Channel. Um, you know, he, he may not have uh, had both arms and both legs, but, but he had uh, enough left of his arms and enough left of his legs to still do the impossible. And here's the deal. It's only impossible until somebody does it. And, and what you think is impossible is just God's opportunity to show up, show out, and do what he does because he's a God that does impossible things. This is his specialty. You know, you go to certain restaurants that specialize in certain foods or, or, or people that specialize in certain things. God's specialty. I mean, this is what, you know, if, if there was a, a sign out on his door talking about what he was a doctor of or, or what, what problems he solved, it would, it would read something like uh, doctor of impossibility. God resolves problems. God does the impossible. God, when, when he sees the impossible, he doesn't back up, get scared, get worried. He starts, man, this, this, this is what it's all about. Man, this is, this is what I'm here for. God loves to do the impossible. So if you have an impossible situation, it's just a setup for God to do his this thing in your life. Then he goes on, verse 10, and we're going to wrap up here. For who has despised the day of small things? Now, notice God calls it a day, but those of us that study our Bibles, we know that for Zerubbabel, this was a very long day because the uh, temple was started, but then it was stopped for 20 years, and God calls it just a day. And just because it takes longer than you plan doesn't mean God's not in it. For who has despised the day of small things? Now, here's the thing. We all do. And that's our collective problem. We don't want to start small. We want it to start big. We want it to start out, you know, as everything it will become at the first step. But I know in my life, I had to live a long time with, with a lot of small things before I started seeing some big things. Uh, you know, it, it may start and stop at first. And by the way, the project's moving on. If you're getting worried about our project and you think I have some bad news, no, the project's moving on and we're going to be just fine. But, but here's the deal. With God, sometimes things uh, uh, stop and start. But, but if you hang in there, this, this is so important. If you hang in there, you will see. Now, if God's in it, you will see the faithfulness of our God in the land of the living. The desire for personal and professional development is a characteristic of successful leaders. 
It's the desire for growth and to serve with excellence that makes a great leader. The pathway to becoming a better leader isn't always easy. Busy schedules, finding proven resources, and networking with like-minded individuals can be challenging and time-consuming. If this sounds familiar, check out the Renaissance Leadership Network, where you will connect to a dynamic group of peers. Find premium resources and expertise from time-tested world-class leaders to help propel you towards your leadership goals. Best of all, the Renaissance Leadership Network offers ISET continuing education units for its learning events that comply with the ANSI ISET continuing education and training standard. For more information, go to rlnleadership.com and learn more about membership benefits designed to take you to the next level of leadership. While you are there, be sure to register for the next online leadership session. You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Derek Greer. Remember, you can access this teaching and more for free at gracechurchva.org. Let's get back to today's message. And here's the deal. When it comes to family situations, baby, you're married and you have a situation with husband and spouse, you, you, you're waiting for the big fix. That's your problem. You need to celebrate the small things. And you need to see the small things. And you need to, to, to manage the small things. You need to work the small things. All I had was a limited gift. And God called me to this big assignment. All I had was, was, was 12 other people. And God called me to reach uh, uh, hundreds of thousands. All I had was, was a little bit of talent. And God worked it and, and used it for his glory and his good. All I had. Actually, I can't even say a little bit of money. No money. And God just multiplied it. And, and actually brought me some. Then multiplied and all the rest. And what, what happens is because it's not big, you remember the, the guy, you know, there was these, these uh, guys that were given talents. One was given one, the other was given three, the other was given five. And the three, and the, the guy with three talents and five talents, they went out and, and they used those talents and, and doubled their talents. But the guy who had only one, he went and buried it. And that's what we do when we feel we have less than others. We tend to bury that which we have. And because you don't have a million dollars, you're not faithful with $10. And that you, you, you fall into that trap, but we got to work with what we have. And, and let me tell you something. I work with those 12 members. I, I work with 100 members. I work with 200 members. And we were a, a church of 200 for, for wow. I don't know, quite a few years. Uh, I was a pastor of a small church, uh, probably longer than I was uh, a, a larger church, but I had to work the small. And even in my marriage, there were issues between my wife and I at times. You know, of course, she was perfect. I was the one that needed to grow. But, but with that, um, you know, we, we, had to, we had to work. You know, we, we just had a little understanding about how this relationship going to work. We only had a little bit of understanding about what our future could become if we just hang in there. But we had to work with a little before it became much. He said, for who has despised the day of small things? Now, why do we despise the day of small things? Because we think that it's small because God is somehow punishing us. Uh, we think it's small because God must be sleeping on the job. Surely if God was in it, it would come into my life full grown, fully developed. But, but that's a trick of the adversary. Um, he's using that small thing to build you and to prepare you for the big thing he has in your future. Do not despise, do not think less of, do not think ill of, just because every now and then you get an opportunity to do what you want to do. You think, well, well, it's not fair, it's not right. Well, thank God you got the small opportunity now. Work that opportunity. Work your gift. Learn to do what you do. And when you're faithful with little, he'll make you faithful over much for you. Who has despised the day of small things. What the scripture is trying to reveal to us is that Satan 
tempts us in the day of small things. When it's small, that's we are so tempted to give up. We are so tempted to quit when it doesn't seem to be working out. And then then it's not working out as quickly as as, as we thought. Uh, Why does he tempt us so much in the day of small things? things because he knows that, that, that God is a God of process, that it starts with a seed. Everything of value starts with a seed. And if you water that seed, stick with that seed, fertilize that seed, pull the weeds away from that seed, eventually that seed will grow into something great. For who has despised the day of small thing? Again, Satan tempts us to, to despise, to think less of, to be frustrated by the fact that this issue or this thing in my life is still small. You're only 20 years old. How big is it going to be? You've only been at it maybe three years. How great is it really going to be at this, this point? Why does Satan mess with us, tempt us, and cause us to try to despise things when, when, when they're small? Because he fears the great things he knows that will come out of that small thing or us enduring the day of small things if we just hold on and stay with it. And here's my simple message to you. If you have just a shimmer of hope from God, hold on. It may not be a big light, but if you have just a little light, hold on. God may not have written the whole story, but if he's just given you one part of a sentence, hang on. Do not despise the day of small things just because you're not yet where you want to be. Don't give up on where you're going. And he was saying as a rubber ball, he's like, hey, man, Listen, in your own strength, you can't do it. And I'm not mad at you for recognizing you can't do this, but it's not going to be by might. It's not going to be by power. It's going to be by my spirit within you. And right now, many of you need to, 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 to become recipients of the Holy Spirit. You, you, you know, spirit is also translated attitude in certain places. And I'm going to play with this for just a moment. But I'm, I'm, I'm not really far from, 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 from scriptural truth here. The Holy Spirit brings a holy attitude. Spirit not only means pneuma breath, but again, it can be translated attitude. And what God wants is a spirit-infused, a spirit-inspired attitude that we are well able to take that mountain. That's what Caleb said at 90 years old, looked at a mountain and said, yeah, I know I'm old and and I know a lot of years, but I am well able to take it. That's the attitude God wants us to have. Joshua was going into the promised land and God told him, he said, Josh, wherever you put your foot, I'll give it to you. Basically what he was saying, Josh, wherever you put your foot down, when you put your foot down there, boy, and you roll up your sleeves and and you you put those hands uh, into the battle, you're going to win. But, but what he needed to do with Joshua early on in the book of Joshua, he gives Joshua an attitude. Man, be confident. Be bold. You know, be, be courageous, Joshua. You can do this. So the Holy Spirit, yes, he's a person. But he's a person that comes to give you a holy attitude. And you got to get a winner's attitude. You can win. Stop just existing. Begin to thrive and, and begin to see beyond where you are. And Stop just kind of taking it and, and I'm beat up and being a victim and rise up and say, you know what? M- mountain, you know, what, what is this mountain before Zerubbabel? What is this mountain but before me and my family? Grace, grace to the mountain. You got to learn to get an attitude of a victor in order to really win. You know, the apostles in the New Testament, these guys, man, they, they, they were small men and they were just a few, but they had the hearts of lions. And guys, 
God, you know, we, we worship the line of the tribe of Judah. Why are you acting like a mouse? God wants to infuse us with courage. The Bible says in, in Psalms uh, that the tents of the righteous are full of shouts of joy. Meaning, if we really belong to him, there should be a shout. It should be a praise. It should be a level of confidence. This is the confidence we have in approaching God. If we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if he hears us, we know we have the petitions of him who we ask. This is the confidence. Confidence. God wants us to be confident. And how did the, the, the Pharisees and Sadducees know that the disciples had been with Jesus? Because of their boldness, the Bible said. Because of their confidence. And there ought to be something about you that's not like everybody else on the block. You ought to know some things other people don't know. And yeah, it may seem small, but I'm going to work it. You know, it may not look like everything you got right now, but I'm telling you, I'm going to work it. It's going to become even more than what you got. That needs to be your attitude if you're going to win in this life. The Bible says we're to fight the good fight of faith. And you don't fight a fight being wimpy. You got to get an attitude. I'm in this ring to win. So right now, if there's anyone that needs not only God in your life, you need the attitude of God in your life. This is your moment, and God wants to meet you in this moment. All you need to say is, God, I'm a sinner. Without you, I am nothing. Father, I thank you that you sent Jesus to the cross, and he was brave and bold enough to bear my sin, my disgrace on that cross. He took it all so that I don't have to. Then he rose on the third day, and that resurrection was proof that you accepted his sacrifice on my behalf. So right now, I put my faith in the resurrected Jesus Christ. Father, give me his spirit. Give me his attitude. Give me his mind. Wash me, cleanse me, liberate me. Snatch me out, snatch my mind out of darkness and, and move it into the king, translate it into the kingdom. I know you've, you're doing that with my spirit, but also do it with my attitude, Father. I pray right now my life will forever be changed. Now, if you are right now asking God to, to come into your heart, into your life, what I want you to do is text G-R-A-C-E to the number on your screen. And if you are, many of us watching, we, we already know the Lord. Um, but the issue is your, your attitude. And your attitude, you've heard said, determines your altitude. You're not going to go very far with that, that, that the weak, whimpering attitude. You need a change of mind. And I hope I pricked you a little bit today for you to change your thinking and start saying, well, I can do this. And you know, it may, maybe it's going to take me 10 years, but I will get it done. Yeah, yeah my, my marriage is, is what it is, but you know what? I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep doing my part until we get to the other side. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.